This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. It's a very, very, very big schuss uh, for me personally, for our yeshiva generally, to have uh, the Rosh Yeshiva here with us, Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky with us today. Um, and uh, the relationship uh, between the Vaseret and the Yeshiva Greater Washington um, is, uh, is growing. And um, I will share with you that, um, that I uh, visited the Yeshiva when I was in America last week, um, meeting with some boys that are in the uh, high school there. And uh, we have uh, one of our alumnus, who uh, was Shana Aleph last year, Eitan Tenenbaum, is learning there this year. And um, I-, I was there last week. It was absolutely... 100% Nordic. It was freezing cold. That was when it was the real. And I was. I wanted to get to Shachris at 7:45 um, in uh, in the yeshiva. So I uh, put to put it into the uh, the GPS into the ways to get to Shachris. And I got there uh, about 7:30, 7:35, and I was uh, I was amazed. It was like a ghost town. No one there. And I was fearing, because I'm an Avel, I was nervous about uh, getting a minion. I was fearing that uh, maybe it was too cold in school, you know, Yeshiva was closed or something, but I couldn't imagine Yeshiva closing. Yeshiva's done closed. So I'm waiting, like it's 10, it's 7.40, 7.44, I'm waiting, s- empty. Finally, a, a, a person uh, comes by, and uh, I said, there's minion 7.45? He goes, no, we don't, uh, we don't have minion here. I said, really? I was like, really flabbergasted. Um, and then it turns out I was, uh, I was at the Yeshiva Greater Washington Girls' School. So uh, that didn't help me much. <laughs> uh, that didn't help me much. Uh, so I, I, I went to Woodside, I caught the 8 o'clock over there, and I got to the Yeshiva. Um, any event, um, I feel uh, Ravon Lopiansky and I don't know each other very well, but I feel like um, an intimate connection right now because I have just finished uh, his uh, recent Safer um, on Ben Torah for Life. And I am thoroughly moved by uh, by the messages and the uh, and the and the in addition to the scholarship that I knew, but uh, but the uh, the messages that are being transmitted and the uh, the wholesome messages, the hashkafa, the halacha, and everything that permeates is something that is nothing short of inspiring. I think it's must reading for every single ben Torah, whether someone who's uh, been in yeshiva for life or not. And it's a very very big schuss for us to have. Uh, Rosh Hashiva with us this morning. Um, it, it is very special. We, I, we, one of the people today who's in the staff at the Yeshiva and probably in many ways the central column, Rabbi Sher, he's the Mashkiach today and he is somebody who learned here. I remember when he came, um, he had some Chavei Mosa came subsequently and he's become today really the person, he hopefully will be here in a, f- in a few weeks himself, but um, he's somebody that in yeah. many ways embodies what the yeshiva wants from Talmidim and, and the type of bentorah we'd like to see develop. Um, d- d- if you care to visit the yeshiva, please remember not to visit girls' schools because it's a halbert sorrow when your yeshiva visits a girls' school. If you come to a girls' school, your reception might be even cooler than that. So we, we, we do like to keep them very separate. Um, and it's like two miles, so it's, a, it, it's, a, it's not one of the attractions of the yeshiva. <laughs> the, um, I was going to speak a little bit about the topic about this idea of a Ben for life. 
and it's and it's really something that I feel is our generation's challenge, and we wrestle with. Whether you spend um, uh, many years in yeshiva and kolal, whether you spend a year or two or three in yeshiva and then move on, in all cases there is going to be a real change, and it's something you're going to have to deal with. And I'd like to share an idea um, that that. That it, it, it gives a certain nikuda, I feel, of, of significance, how to put, how to arrange the pieces. I want to start with something in the parish. There's a verse from Balatanya. Balatanya said a person has to live with the times. And he said, living with the times is that every parish Shavua has some important points relevant to that, to that week. Some people dash even the Aliyah. In this week's parishes, I think there's a nikuda that's very relevant to us. We have three things in the Mishkan. In other words, the Mishkan proper consists of three kalim. They are the Shulchan, the Menorah, and the Ketores. The Kodesh HaKadoshim is sort of above or beyond, and the Chatzar, who's the Mizbeach um, Aola, the Mizbeach HaChutz, is also not quite that. It's a chotzer, but it's not it. The it of the Mokum Shechina includes three caliphs. The Shulchan, the Menorah, and the Zerah Torres. On all three of these caliphs, it says you're supposed to um, keep the Menorah lit every day from Erev Boka. You're supposed to bring Torres twice a day, morning and night, and you're supposed to keep the lechem all the time there. The word tamid is used on all three of these kalim. By the lechem upon him, it's literally tamid. But it's interesting, even though it's not tamid, even though it's not the same bread, but the bread was always, they slid out the old bread and put in the new bread, so effectively it was tamid. Still, it's, Rashi says it's tamid, once every week. It's constant because every week the bread changed, but it's constant because every week. The menorah was only at night, the Torah was twice a day, and the word Tomit is used on all of these three. Um, Rashi points that out, that the word Tomit in Lashon Kodesh means not always, but constant. Um, now, I'd like to ask myself, why does the Torah need to say it? By lechem upon him, I understand using the word tamid in the sense that there never should be a gap when you're finished with this bread, you take it off, you, 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 you know, patch it around a few minutes and put on the new bread. I understand the word tamid over there would mean never leave it without bread, even though that's not the real meaning of it. But the menorah, it says every morning, every night, light the menorah. It, so tamid is telling me what to keep doing it. So why is, what's the word Tamid adding to that? The same thing by the Ketoris. It says morning and evening you bring Ketoris. So that's what you're supposed to do. So Tamid is not telling me anything more than that. Is it telling me anything more than that? And then we have a carbon Tamid. So carbon Tamid I understand a little bit better. Because a carbon Tamid means that I, I, I have to give it a name. There's Korb Musafim, there's Korbanes Chova, there's Korbanes Nidova, 
well, what exactly is carbon? So tamid would mean the daily carbon, at least. I could at least understand it, but it's also the word tamid is used in all these places. What does the word tamid convey? Let's go to something else. It says in the Gemara and Shabbos that when a person comes to Shema, they're going to ask him, Kavaita itim the Torah. Will you kovea itim the Torah? Now, I understand that it's important to learn. And when you come to Shemayim, they'll ask you, how much Torah did you learn in your life? And just like they'll ask you, how much stuckers did you give in your life? Now, it doesn't seem to be being kovea stucker. A person is supposed to give stucker. There's different shiurim in, in halacha. And I am sure the schar is based on the amount of stucker and how difficult it was for you and how good the purpose of stucker was and so on. Um, how, 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 how much mitzvahs a person did, maizim tovim, chesed, and many other things. It's how much you did. Is it helpful if you set aside a clear kvies when you do it? It certainly is helpful. But, so why doesn't, why doesn't they ask us in Yom Adin how much Torah you learned? Um, it's a good idea if I want to tell somebody, if you want to make sure that you're in a busy schedule, you learn Torah, let's make it very, very regular. But imagine one person had erratic stirring, but he learned over his lifetime, let's say, I don't know, a million hours, just, just pluck a number out. This other person had kviyasitim, and he learned <coughs> half a million hours. So who would get more schar? Who would have a better, a, a, a better standing on the Yom Adin? Wouldn't it be a person who more? Why is that Goshen Kavaitit Matar? Kavias Itim is a good, it's a helpful structure, but it's not the thing itself. Isn't the learning a thing itself? And yet it says Kavati Itim So I'd like to understand the word Keva. It says, Asei Toroscha Kva, Omelachtacha Aroi. And I'd like to try to understand what that means. We have many different activities we do. And the relationship of these activities to each other, one way is measuring how much we do. Another way is measuring um, which one is the point of reference to the others. So, for instance, in a business, we have, in a big, big company, we'll have um, production, development, marketing, um, legal, counsel, many, many different pieces. And in different products, in different industries, and at different times, there'll be different amount of expenditures on each one of these. We also have a profit. Now, one, let's say we're, we're sitting together and we, we're different, different uh, companies or in the company itself and we're presenting different approaches. And one person says, I put a lot of effort into marketing. The other one says, I put a lot of effort into efficient production. I put a lot in this. And each one makes very good points. Imagine one person comes along and says, you know, we don't make much profit, but wow, do we advertise really well? We look at him, you know, this must be like a comic relief or something. This must be, a, I mean, what are you talking about? Profit is what the company is. You can argue 
the, all the arguments will center around what approach maximizes profit. But you're never going to say, we may not make a lot of profit, but boy, we do fantastic. You must see our advertisements. They're amazing. So if you're running an advertising agency, maybe it makes sense. But it doesn't make any sense. So the word kavua, it's like you have in math, you have a variable function and a fixed function. You have something that's nikba, that is the thing itself, the essence of it, and that's not changing. The essence of a business is profit. And then you have variables that surround that. And when I want to measure and ask myself, how do I measure how much development of new products and how much production and how much marketing and, and so on, so all the arguments will f flow around one fixed point, and that is profit. Will more advertising bring in more profit or not? Will better production increase the profit margin and so on? So the word kavua, as opposed to the word uh, aroi, doesn't denote so much quantity. It might be, the, uh, when you take a look at, at a sheet, at a spreadsheet, profit is one line. But that's the line. You play with everything else. Everything else could be varied except for the profit margin. And therefore, the different pieces um, are variables. They are the variables that relate to the fixed point of profit. In a person's life, he has um, many, many, many activities. And the question is not how much of each do I do, but the question is what is the fixed point that determines other acts. A person might sleep, a person sleeps seven, eight hours a night, that's supposed to be the norm, the norm. and that might take up, that's probably one of the most the major activities we do. Nobody will say that the purpose of life is to sleep, except for Yeshiva Bacha maybe. <laughs> but other than that, nobody is going to say, well, I focus my day around. I was once, when I was Aisha Torah, um, I, I had an incoming student from, I think it was Cornell, and it was a bright kid, and I asked him what his major was, and it was the weirdest major, like, like a really, like, like a patched up major. And I asked him, what's Pshat? So he said, well, let me explain it to you. I decided that, that college for me is going to be party time. There's nothing doing a Binghamton in New York. And that's where Cornell is located. So I'd have to drive into the city, drink my way through the night, and come back. So I said, I'm not getting up before 1 o'clock. So I picked all the courses I could take after 1 o'clock in the afternoon and put them together. And whatever major came out, that's what I majored in. True story. He, he told this to me. The poor fellows came to Asia Torah, and davening was 7 in the morning, and, uh, and you know, whatever it was. But... Um, it, it, so, so his kvias was looking at night, and everything else had to fit around it. It, it, it makes sense. Once, once you agree that partying is, 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 is the kvias, everything else falls into place automatically. It's a, he's got a focal point, and everything else is coming around. The word kvias means that. There's another, it's actually 
the concept of kvias is so significant that it has halachic practical significance. If I ask myself what to prioritize in doing in the world of mitzvahs, there's something called tadir. Now, that's something that at first glance sounds a little bit um, counterintuitive. Uh, for instance, shechiyanu, we only make a mitzvahs that come from time to time because there's a chvimis to it. You know, a mitzvah, we're eating a kazayis matzah, we do it a lot of zest. Sitting the first night in the sukkah, we do a lot of zest. It's a, it's a rare mitzvah, that's why we make shechiyanu on it because there's a chvimis to it. And yet, when it comes to do mitzvahs, we, we prefer the tadim. The Gemara says fascinating um, halacha. The Gemara asks about shlomim versus chata shlomim are more common. And the Gemara says, why don't you, why don't you give that preference? The Gemara says, matzikamrit? You're talking about a frequent mitzvah. I'm talking about something that's tadir. Frequent and tadir is not the same. My assumption is the word tadir is means like the word tamid that we're talking about. It means fixed. It means it's 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 there. The Gemara asks about brismila, and the Gemara says brismila is tadir over Pesach. Um, Rashi says one pshat. Sfasemis says a pshat. He feels Rashi's pshat is dafuk. Sfasemis says. Bris Mila is called Tadir because since it's engraved in your flesh, it's called Tadir. In other words, as, as a fixed point in a Yid's person, if Tadir means the way we describe it, something which is fixed and everything else is going to revolve around it, Bris Mila is the most fixed point in a person's Mitzvah. That's Kavias. So if we're to ask ourselves what is the most important takeaway a person takes from his kufa in yeshiva to life ahead, you're not going to keep anywhere near the start. No matter what arrangement you have, you don't keep the type of seder ayom that, that, that you keep in yeshiva. So it doesn't translate itself on yeshiva, I'm learning X amount of hours a day, and, and I'll do that over there. It doesn't translate that, itself that way because it's something that it, it, it depends what you're working and how you work and so on and so forth. The thing that a person can take away is what's kavua and what's ikr and what's tafel. In other words, the one thing we shouldn't switch is not what we do at our time, but What's the bottom line? When a person, when we, when, as when we enter the secular world, the big world of career, business, etc., the, the real issue is our mind switches and says getting to the top is the important thing. Uh, in whatever field you are, making the most money is the most important thing. So the real problem starts with the kvias changes. I think the Pasik emphasizes the word Tamid um, because this is, the Mishkan is the place that's Kavua for Baruch Hu. It's his bias. 
a home is your fixed, even if you're a wandering salesman, and you in practice spend most of, the, most of the year traveling and roaming around, but your home is your kvias, because it's fixed. The Mishkan, the Torah is telling you that all of these different daily activities are not just a frequency. They are because your fixed point of Ruchnis is over there. I, I want to tell over a story about somebody who's living, I'm not going to mention the name, but, but, but it's, it's somebody who, who's living, and, and in, in many ways it, it embodies this point. Um, there's a person made a sharam, a, a real tzaddik. He has a store for Tashmish Kedusha. People are familiar, know he's the most reliable person. He's somebody you can rely on. He's Ish Emes, Zer Mitzvahs. He has a store. And he has his hours when the store's open. And one of the things he's makbid on is Friday he closed at 11 o'clock. That's it. Somebody, who to- the person told me this story, uh, 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 a friend of mine, was standing in the store 11 o'clock on Friday, and a group of tourists came in to buy tefillin. Tefillin is a big item, you make, you know, it's expensive, you make profit on it. And he said, I'd like to buy 15, 15 pairs of tefillin, you know, for the whole group. So he said, it's 11 o'clock, and I close. The person says, no, we're not here to drink a cup. It's, you know, I'm not going to sit and measure and look at the tefillin and see if it's the right color, if it's the right size, and you know, decide then. We're here to buy 15 cents. He said, it's 11 o'clock. I'm not here Friday. So he said, it, so he said you know, we're just taking and going. He said, you know what? Here are the keys and help yourself. But I am not here from 11 o'clock. And he, and, and he went left. So I thought about this, this story. Is it a, 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 is it a Mylan Shabbos? There's no halacha that you can't sell film at 11 o'clock Friday. I assure you, there's no iser. Is it a nether? Maybe. But what's the real takeaway? This person had made the fixed point in his life this. So anyone else, if somebody said, well, the main thing is, is to make the money, and as long as it's mutter, it's okay. So there's no iser in the world Friday, 11 o'clock, to, to sell a dozen pair of film. But in this person's mind, it was a very different approach. The kvias is whatever he had set out as his kvias. Wherever his Shabbos starts, wherever his Shabbos ends, wherever, whatever it is. So it's just like, imagine somebody is coming in to, 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 to do some deal, and I have a much bigger deal waiting for me. I'm a wholesaler, and a guy comes in retail to buy three or four pieces. It's not where I am. That is the, the practical application of kavua. In other words, kavata itam Torah is not because you learn more. It's because your day revolves around the central nekuda. Whatever it is, each person based on his level of what he decides is appropriate for him, the key is to make it a kvias. Because kvias is not a quantity it's who you are. What is it? I have somebody I learn with once a week. Um, uh, exactly once a few weeks. He's a big. He's he's a donor to our yeshiva. Himself is an older person, not from a very fine person, and and he's a, he has he's a very very bright person. He uh, he he 
went to law school and then went into business and, and he's a prosperous businessman and so on. He was once telling me about why he didn't go into law. He said after he finished school, it was one of the big schools, I don't remember which one it was, he interviewed with a very important firm. And they asked him, okay, if you have an important family event and a very important uh, company event, um, which one do you choose? He said, that's obvious, your family. So he said, you're not for us. We need people where the firm is the first thing in their lives. And he said, I sure am not for you because I just don't understand how you could even think like that. And then he decided, he, he, he realized that's a certain mentality and, he's, and he went into his own business and did, did very well prospered. <coughs> but that's a point. What's nitcha b'fnei me? You know, what is my kvias and what is there in order to enhance my kvias? You can't take away a schedule from yeshiva and apply it to life unless you wanted a few that, that, that are zochot to be in a yeshiva all their lives. But what you can take away is to set a certain kvias in life, whether it's the davening with a minion, whether it's the davening, whether it's the, the mitzvahs, whatever it is, but sticking to those things, the chesmah the, the should not be, well, halachically, can I push it away now? Halachically, many things can be pushed aside. But those things that you've said as your kvias define who you are. The, the din, kavata itim Torah means, did you define yourself by your seder? Did, is the work and the money a means for it? Or the other way around? It's one of the activities of life. And that's it. That's, I think, what you take away. So the Torah says, a mishkan is built. The activities of the mishkan don't happen daily. They're tamid. The lechem, the menorah, the k'tairis. They are tamid. A house... A, a residence is defined by your tmidus. These are fixed points that never vary because this is the essence, this is who you are, this is where you are, this is where you belong. Abel Hashem, I, I, from, the, from the boys we've met and the, the one, the one Bras in Shiva, I, I feel that's part of the chinuch and understanding that whatever fixed points that, that you make in life are going to define you and that's who you are. And the mile of having some kavua is no matter where things take you in, in the other times, the fixed point, your home, is always the point that you were zeher to be kavua. Batslacha.